This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Isaiah 49:15 is where God says, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, she may forget, yet will I not forget thee? Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. So here Israel sees all these Gentiles coming to the God of Israel, being welcomed by him as part of his people, and Israel sinks into a state of depression and despair with the Holocaust concludes that God has forsaken, God has forgotten, and that's when God steps in and says, I have not, I have not forgotten the Jewish people. If a woman can forget the sucking child on her breast, then I can forget you, Israel. And God says to the downcast, downcast Jewish people, he says, others may forget you, but I will not forget you, Israel. The Gentile church may forget you, Israel, but I will not forget you, Israel. Look, Israel, I have graven you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. The truth that God is expressing here is that God has maintained a broken heart for Israel as he is turning to the Gentiles. And so this is the full picture of the time here that we are in right now. It's what the scripture calls in Luke 21, 24. Luke 21, 24, it talks about, it talks about the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. We are in the times of the Gentiles. We live in the times of the Gentiles. And it's also described in Romans eleven twenty five. In Romans eleven twenty five, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, that lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. How big is the in part? Oh, it's about five out of 600,000 from the summer blitz statistics. But nevertheless, it still is in part. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. We live in the time when the fullness of the Gentiles are coming in. 
and the Gentiles have come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. They are coming to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. They will continue. Why? Because they've been pushed. They've been pressed. What's pressed them? Darkness. Darkness. Isaiah 60, verse 2. Isaiah 60, verse 2. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. It's the Gentiles were in a darkness that could be felt. It was like the darkness that God brought on Egypt through Moses, where it says in, his, in Exodus 10, 21, the Lord said unto Moses, stretch forth out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which might be felt. Might want to put some cool on, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I feel the heat that can be felt. Anyway, the darkness of personal sin, it was so badly felt by the Gentiles that they came to the Lord Jesus Christ for light. Isaiah 11.10, it says, In that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it the Gentiles shall seek, and his rest shall be glorious. So the Gentiles seek, they sought the Lord Jesus for rest. They, 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 they felt hopeless. They, they felt this need for what he said in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then in Zechariah 2, 11, the Gentiles are talked about there where it says many nations, that's Goyim, that's the Gentiles. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee. So the Gentiles press themselves into the Lord. They become part of God's people. And then in Jeremiah 16, 19, where he says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there's no profit. That's the confession of the Gentiles, especially the Gentiles from Indonesia, from animistic Africa, from, from Japan. They come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ with the words of Jeremiah 16, 19, and they say, lies, lies, lies. Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. So when God does bring the Jewish people back to him, which he will, the Gentiles will continue to fight their way to God because the deep hunger, because the need in their souls, and they see, and the future prophecy that we have of that is in Zechariah 8.23. Zechariah 8.23 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that 10 men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. They're gonna say, we don't care if we can't eat pork anymore, we're going with you. We don't care if we can't drive cars on Saturday. We're going with you. These Gentiles are just saying, we don't care what it takes. We must have God. We've heard that God is with you. We're going with you. So with a tenacity, these Gentiles take hold of the skirt of the Jew, and they say, we will go with the Jews because we've heard that God is with the Jews. And it's this very same tenacity of spirit that we see in this Canaanite woman here. She's the first fruits of all this. She's the first fruits of the great turning of the Gentiles to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a transition period that we're talking about here, where the Lord is, is, is feeling intensely this failure on his part to bring Israel back to God. 
God the Father is giving the Lord Jesus Christ the transition to be the light of the Gentile, to be the salvation to the end of the earth. And it's only when we see this clearly that we can understand this history in, in Matthew 15 that otherwise seems so strange, so out of character. What are we talking about? Now, that was a long introduction to this history. I didn't have to do it, but I did it because you have to see this in order to make the account understandable. Okay, now, we see in verse 21 of Matthew 15 how this Canaanite woman who represents the Gentiles coming to God, and it says about her that she cried. She cried unto him. That cry that she made to him, again, shows this tenacity of the Gentile believers that followed right in the steps of Jacob. They follow right in the steps of Jacob who wrestled with Jehovah Jesus all night long, and, and Jehovah Jesus in Genesis 32, Genesis 32, and then, and then finally Jehovah Jesus says to, to Jacob, let me go, and Jacob maintains this tenacity in Genesis 32, 26, Genesis 32, 26. He said, let me go, for the day breaketh, and he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. So here's this cry of this woman. She's got the same spirit as, 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 as Jacob does, this, 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 the spirit of, the, of believing Gentiles. And she's got this spirit, as we just already, we already saw in Isaiah 63, Isaiah 60, verse 3, where the Gentiles fight their way to, to, to take away the darkness that has penetrated their soul by coming to the Lord as the light of the world, the light of the Gentiles. They see that they, they've got the same spirit that we've already seen in Isaiah 11:10, where the Gentiles are seeking the Lord. We've seen the same spirit in Zechariah 2.11, Zechariah 2.11, we already saw, where the Gentiles are joining themselves to be a part of God's people. And then the cry of this woman is uh, with this tenacity is from the Zechariah 8.23, where the Gentiles grab a hold of the skirt of the Jew and say, you're not going anywhere until you bring us to God. Gentile believers fight to overcome all the obstacles. They fight their way to the Lord. And that's the why this history of this Canaanite woman is so important when it says, in, as we saw in verse 21, behold, a Canaanite woman came out. That's why the history of this Canaanite woman is so important, because it illustrates the nature of the coming of the Gentiles. Just her description, a woman of Canaan, in verse 22, a woman of Canaan. She's a Canaanite. She's excluded from the commonwealth of Israel because of her birth, because she's a Canaanite. She can't change that. She was born that way, but that didn't stop her. She looks at herself and she says, Canaanite or no Canaanite, I must have Jesus. I will fight my way to him. That was the first obstacle. The first obstacle that stood in her way for him or getting help. The obstacle was, she was just born on the wrong side of the tracks. That's all. But she didn't let that stop her because she may have been born on the wrong side of the tracks, but that didn't stop her from crossing over the tracks to the Lord Jesus, which is what she did. Now we see what she said when she cried in verse 22. She cried, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. Her cry for mercy showed that she knew she had no right to him. She had no rights at all. When you say oh, mercy, you're not talking about any rights. No more rights at all. Her cry for mercy showed that all her hope was not based in any part in who she was. But her cry for mercy showed that all her hope was 100% based on who the Lord Jesus was. All her confidence is summed up in Deuteronomy 4.31. Deuteronomy 4.31 says, the Lord thy God is a merciful God. It's all summed up in Nehemiah 9.17. Nehemiah 9.17 says, 
Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. Her cry for mercy puts her right alongside the sinner, the publican, who is described in Luke 18.13, Luke 18.13, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the Lord goes on to say, I tell you, this man went down to his house verified, uh, verified, uh, justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. When she cried for mercy, she was singing the right tune to God. And as opposed to the person who comes to God with all his credentials you know, of how good he is and how righteousness is, how righteous he is, that's the wrong tune to send to God, God to sing to God. God does not respond to that tune but she, he responds to her tune of calling out for mercy. So she cries for mercy. Then she cries out to him in verse 22, O Lord, thou son of David. Thou, what is a Canaanite woman saying here? Canaanites do not talk about a man being God. Canaanites do not talk about the son of David. David was not the king of the Canaanites. David was the king of the Jews, but not, this, not for this Canaanite. She called Jesus Lord. She was saying, God. She became a worshiper of him as God. She became one who believed he, as God, became a man, as the scriptures say. And when this Canaanite called him the son of David, she was saying, I'm coming to the king of the Jews. When this Canaanite called him the son of David, she was agreeing with the Lord Jesus who spoke to another Gentile woman, a Samaritan at a well in John 4, when he said to her, you worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. So this Canaanite woman is saying, when she says, Lord, thou son of David, she's saying the words is in essence of John 4, 22. She's saying, we don't know what we worship because salvation is of the Jews. And then she having cast herself on the king of the Jews, she told her request. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Her poor daughter was so out of control with grand mal fits of anger, supernatural strength that her mother could not control her. This poor mother looked into the crazed eyes of her daughter and saw, those are not the eyes of my daughter, that's the eyes of another person. There's a devil inside of her. And this mother ran out of the house and utterly helpless and, and knowing that she had no power against the devil that had possessed her, her daughter. And so this Canaanite woman knew that she could not return home and face that devil, cost what it will. Even if she died in the process, she had to have help. She had to help have help because she was helpless against the devil that possessed her daughter that she just had to find help. So this was the trouble that pressed this Canaanite woman to the Lord Jesus and drove her to call him God and the son of David. Her first obstacle that she had to fight that she had to fight and overcome was being a Canaanite who would confess Jesus as the God of Israel and as the son of David. But she faced a second obstacle, and the second obstacle blocked her way to the Savior, and that's in verse 23. In verse 23, it says, but he answered her not a word. He shunned her. She found no response from the Savior. Do you read that in the reports today where they said that people ignored us that's what he did to her. 
Keep in mind that the Lord Jesus is still in the mode of realizing that he was formed in Mary's womb to be the father's servant to bring the Jewish people back to God, and he was not going to be deterred from that by a Gentile woman, by a Canaanite woman. So being ignored is so hard to endure. And this woman in all of her desperation was not even acknowledged by the Lord Jesus. That was her second obstacle that she had to fight through and that she did not let discourage her from from continuing on. Then she came to her third obstacle, which came not from the Lord, but from his friends, from his disciples, in verse 23, where it says, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. This is now the third obstacle that she has to fight through, which was his close friends of the Lord, his disciples, and they were telling the Lord, send her away, she's bothering us. She's a real trouble to us. They were accusing her of just being a nuisance with her crying. And I'm sure that when those disciples looked at her, they didn't look at her with a look of compassion, but they gave her the look of, you Canaanite, leave the Jewish Messiah alone. But she fought her way through this third obstacle. She persisted in crying out to the Lord. Then came the fourth obstacle, which was really hard for her because the Lord finally does talk to her And he says in verse 24, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now he looks at her, and again he is realizing that his calling that he must focus on is to bring Israel back to God. And here is a woman who is not part of Israel, and she represents a distraction to the Lord from doing what he was called to do. So he addresses her in verse 24, and he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And you're not part of the lost sheep of the house of Israel, is what he's saying. Now this poor Canaanite woman, she realizes her birth is against her as she hears the Lord tell her that she's crossed over the tracks to Israel's side. And when he tells her that he's only been sent to the lost sheep of the Jewish people, we can see how the Lord is trying so hard for the Jewish people to keep focus on the Jewish people Bring them back to God. Get them to accept him as Messiah, shepherd, savior, king. And we can see now he's filled with this responsibility of bringing Jacob back to God. High drama is going on here. And so he tells the woman that, look, I haven't been sent to you. I've only been sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, which you are not. Very hard fourth obstacle that she still did not give up. What does she do in the face of this fourth obstacle? The faith of this woman This Canaanite woman shines out in verse 25. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. She worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. She shows us how to worship God. We worship God when we call him Lord and cast ourselves on him for his mercy with two words, help me. And when you come to my house, then you come down the front walkway there to the front door. There's a little, there's a rock there. This verse is on this rock. This verse is on this rock commemorating this woman where it says, then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. Why? Because that's a principle for all of life, for every need to come to Jesus, to worship him by calling him Lord and by asking him to help. This is how this woman fought through this fourth obstacle. Now came the final and most hard fifth obstacle that she had to face as now the Lord further replies to her in verse 26, verse 26, but he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. 
Oh, wow. He just called her a dog, a dirty, mangy dog. You know, they didn't have the, the poodle the coiffers. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are, anyway, they're bad. It flee, anyway, never mind. They, they, he just accused her of trying to get him to take the children's bread of Israel's, the children of Israel's bread, and to cast it to a dirty, mangy dog. <laughs> now, you know what it would have been real easy for her to do right now? It would just say, that's it. That's over the top. I've had enough abuse. He just called me a dog. I'm finished. You can keep your God of Israel. I'm out of here. I will not accept being called a dirty, gutter-bound dog. Not me. It'd be easy for her to do that. But not this woman. And this is the beauty of this woman. This is the amazing part of this woman. Not this Canaanite woman. Her pride was not hurt by being called a dog. And so she thought to herself, he just calls me a dog. That's my opportunity. <laughs> I got him to speak to me. He just said something personal about me. I'm a, I'm a personal dog, but I'm still a dog. It's personal, and so it's my opportunity. He spoke to me. She's rejoicing in that. And I'm going to use what he said to appeal to him. I'm not here to argue. I'm here to beg, like Bobby Matos, remember from last week, ain't too proud to beg. And, and, and then she made the statement, she made her statement, which was no protest, no contest, when she says, truth, Lord, yes, I'm a dog. Go ahead, yes, that's right. Color me dog. Right? Verse 27, she says, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Truth, Lord, you want to call me a dog? I'll gladly accept the title of being a dog. I'll be a dog. Color me dog. And then with tenacity, she's so quick on her feet. She thinks, okay, I'm a dog, but dogs live. She thinks, how do dogs live? She thinks, oh, they live by what falls off the table to them. Oh, he said, bread, I'll talk about crumbs. Truth, Lord, they live, the dogs live by the crumbs that fall from the table. So she's so quick on her feet. She jumps in. She says, you're right, Lord, you're right. That's not right to take the, the children's bread and to take it to a dog. But dogs live. Dogs eat, do eat from the crumbs that fall off the table. How about a few crumbs, Lord? How about a few crumbs? Oh, then the Lord's overwhelmed. And when the Lord heard that, he was so astounded that he turns to her in verse 28. He doesn't call her dog anymore. Now he addresses her as woman, and he says in verse 28, then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. The soul of the Lord Jesus was so thirsty for that kind of response from the Jewish people, he never found that kind of faith in Israel. He rewards her. And with that statement, this woman won as she fought her way through with tenacity over five obstacles that blocked her from the Lord Jesus. And she persists now as a forerunner of the Gentiles who with persistence will fight their way into the kingdom of the king of the Jews. What we've seen with this fighting tenacity of this great Canaanite woman who fought her way through one obstacle after another until she got through to the Lord, and for those reasons, this woman is our model. She's our model of how we should fight our way to the Lord when it says in Hebrews 4.16, Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly, put it this way, let us, let us therefore fight our way, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy 
and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this great Canaanite woman, and we're looking forward to learning more from her when we get to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.